Hello and welcome to another episode of the County Cricket Podcast in association with our friends at Bear Crickets. I'm your host, Aaron, aka the Cricket Connoisseur, and joining me on my left for today's special episode of TCCP is none other than Lancashire's Her Game to Ambassador, Miss Paige Corns. So Paige, first things first, thank you very much for, for coming back onto the podcast. First and foremost, surprised that you didn't get sick and tired of my, of my Bears bias, to be honest, after the first time in the in the second round RLODC review show. I have to ask Paige, how's your day been so far? It's been lovely, thank you. Yes, it's bank, we're recording this on Bank Holiday Monday and it's a lovely sunny day here, so we can't complain, can we? You certainly can't. It, it's lovely and sunny here in, in Warwickshire as well. It's a shame that the Bears aren't in action, but here we are, Bank Holiday Monday. The sun is shining, everyone's got a day off. Lovely time here in the UK at the moment. And of course, tomorrow on Tuesday, the 30th of August 2022, We've got the start of the Royal London One Day Cup semi-finals, which is exactly what we'll be detailing in today's episode. But before we get into our thoughts, our analysis, our opinions on those two encounters, let's first and foremost look at the quarter-final results. Because in quarter-final one, Kent Spitfires beat the Leicestershire Foxes by 81 runs at the Upton Steel County Ground in Leicester. And then in the second quarter-final, the Lancashire Lightning beat the Nottinghamshire Outlaws by three wickets at Stanley Park in Blackpool. Now, as a result of these results, the semi-finals are as follows. In semi-final one, we've got Hampshire versus Kent on the south coast at the Aegeus Bowl. And then in semi-final two, we've got Sussex versus Lancashire at the first central county ground in Hove. So Paige, I say that we start with semi-final one. Let's go in, in chronological order. Let's start in the city of Southampton where Hampshire will be taking on Kent. Now, just some background information about these two sides before we get into our analysis. They do have previous history in this competition. As Hampshire fans will recall with great joy and fondness, in 2018, the Hawks beat Kent by 61 runs in the final of the competition at Lords. And in terms of this season, the summer of 2022, Hampshire hammered Kent by 163 runs at Beckenham. So in terms of form guide, in terms of previous history, history would suggest that Hampshire are the favourites heading into this particular encounter. As if that wasn't enough, again, Hampshire fans, you'll love this stat. The Southern County have not lost a single home game across any of the three formats since the 19th of June. It's an incredible record. It's been a brilliant run. They've been almost unbeatable across formats. So, Paige, in terms of this particular game, knowing those stats, knowing the previous history, do you think Hampshire are the favourites in this one, or do you think Kent can upset the odds and potentially spoil the party on the South Coast tomorrow? Yeah, well, it's, I think it's very easy for us to, you know, to bet on Hampshire for this game because they have just had such a phenomenal season, let alone campaign in the role in the One Day Cup. If we just look at this um, competition... Specifically, you know, you can see that they've they've lost one game, I think it is, and that was in versus Glamorgan at Neath, I think it that was. And so they're they're just dominating. They seem to have all their bases covered and they just kind of turn up to every game and they are a big threat to any side because they are just having the time of their lives really. They're just performing every single time and um no one seems to be able to kind of claw them back. Um 
So it will be very interesting kind of going into tomorrow's semi-final, um, especially with a bit of home advantage as well added on to that, you know. So I think Kent will be extremely worried um, going into it. But I do think Kent are probably peaking at the right time now. They've won, barring no result, they've won all of their last few games, you know. So they're in a good run of form. They'll probably be very confident, especially after, you know, a good win in the quarterfinals so you know it's anyone's game really I think it's maybe the toss could uh, determine some of it we'll see but um, no I do think it's probably Hampshire might just be edging it but I do think Ken are definitely going to be um, a stronger opposition than we sort of suspect from Hampshire's run of form lately. I would agree with that, Paige. I think it's going to be a fantastic game. I think both of these semi-finals are going to be very gripping and very competitive. The pressure is on, and pressure creates strange scenarios. So, again, Kent definitely in this game. But before we talk about the Southeastern County, and we look at the Spitfires, we talk about the Darren Stevens Roadshow, which continues to trail on in 2022. Just first and foremost about Hampshire, in terms of the key players... Who are the major players that you're looking out for in this semi-final in terms of both batting and bowling? Who do you think holds the keys to victory and success in that Hampshire side? Well, I think we have to look at you know, looking at their bowling first. I think John Turner's had a fantastic tournament and I think he will certainly be kind of leading the bowling attack tomorrow. And that is the one that if I was Ken, I'd be most worried about because he's had such a fantastic um tournament so far um i mean in their game versus yorkshire you've got a five for, for for 41 as well so you know he he's doing well he's confident and i'm sure his legs will be pumping you know so i would be very much you know kind of worried about him if i was a kent player and fan um and then i think looking at the um the batting i think you know nick gubbins has had a you know a good tournament and but um the one who kind of Leaps out to me is Tom Press. I think he's had a, you know, the main innings that kind of sticks out to me obviously was his one eight one, um versus versus Kent. You know, so they will be, um, probably still lingering from that, and so they'll be worried about that. But um, I think those two are kind of my top picks for Hampshire side. It's funny you mention those two, Paige. I have chosen the exact same two players. And just to give some statistical background, we'll start first and foremost with John Turner, the third leading wicket-taker in this year's Royal London One Day Cup so far. He's taken 18 wickets with a 5.19 economy rate. And the thing that I love about John Turner, the young South African speed sensation, is the extra pace and bounce he generates as a result of his height. He's going to be tremendously difficult to try and negotiate for that Kent top order. So he is definitely someone to watch out for heading into this particular game. And then Tom Prest. I'm a big fan of Tom Prest's game. We've had him here on the podcast. He's a really good bloke. Wonderful young prospect on the South Coast. He's the ninth leading run scorer in this year's competition. With 402 runs, an average of 50.25. He scored that 181 against Kent. He's also got 350 plus scores. And something which has really impressed me so far this summer, pardon the pun, is that the fact that he's not only rotating on the offside quite well, but on the leg side, anything that's on his pads is dispatched with disdain. Four or six. There's no negotiation. He destroys the ball if it's on his pads. And that is such a fantastic attribute 
to have at such a young age. Tom Prest really does have an immensely high ceiling. So he will definitely hold the keys in this particular game. And in terms of another young prospect on the South Coast, we've termed him Ben Basingstokes here on the podcast. The man, the myth, the legend himself, Toby Albert, as soon as that sixth or seventh wicket falls, he turns into Ben Stokes, reincarnated. He's a fantastic player under pressure. He scored 294 runs with an average of 49, and he's striking at 94.23. So Hampshire's batting, in my opinion, I think will hold the key. I think their bowling is good enough to win this particular semi-final, potentially good enough to win the entire thing. But I think in terms of with the bat in hand, that is where this game will be won or lost for the home side. And the likes of Tom Prest, Toby Albert, the likes of an Ian Holland, and Nick Gubbins, Fletcher Middleton, guys like that as well, will really hold the keys for the Hampshire Hawks in this particular showdown on the South Coast. But aside from Hampshire then, Paige, let's have a look at Kent's, their opponents in this particular encounter. As you rightfully said, they've been in excellent form and beaten in their last six games, they've won five of them. They've had that no result as well, the washout. But in the quarterfinals, they looked a million dollars, hammering Leicestershire by 81 runs at Grace Road. So in terms of their key players, Paige, who are you looking out for from a Kent perspective in terms of batters, in terms of bowlers? Who holds the keys for success for the Southeastern County in this particular showdown? Well, I think if we look at their bowling, I think Kadri's had a very good season. I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's their leading wicket taker, you know, for Kent. And he's kind of, you look at all their scorecards and he's always there. He's always got a few or, you know, he's had a really good game. Um, he took four for 36 versus North Ants as well, you know. So I think he was probably their main one, I think, in their side that, that holds see, the key to um maybe negotiating with this Hampshire batting lineup. Um and I think from Kent's batting perspective, I think Ben Compton, he's just a huge anchor for them. He's been brilliant all season. I feel like I'm always seeing his name because he's always he's always at the crease or he's always scoring runs, which obviously for Kent fans and for the Kent team, that's absolutely amazing. That's everything you want from an opener. Um so I think those two um will kind of hold the, the keys to um, how Kent do in the semi-final tomorrow. Well, Paige, again, continuing the theme, I've got the exact same two players. We'll start we, first we and foremost. Plan this. <laughs> we haven't, yeah, just, <laughs> just to make Is sure for, for the listeners out there, yeah, just to make it crystal clear, we haven't planned this. But I suppose, again, it is an episode of puns. We're on the same page. So, yeah, let's, let's talk about Ben Compton for a second because he is Kent's second leading run scorer in this year's competition with 378 runs at 47.25. But the key thing for me is his strike rates, a 77.77 strike rate. It's not as destructive, as explosive, as dynamic as the likes of an Ollie Robinson or an Alex Blake or a Darren Stevens, for example. But what Ben Compton does provide is stability. We saw this in the quarterfinal against Leicestershire. It's all about seeing off that new ball making it as easy as possible for that Kent middle order, which in my opinion is where their strong suit lies. And it's all about laying that foundation for a powerful and explosive 20 overs from the 30th over onwards. So Ben Compton, massive, massive wicket for Kent. If he can score, I don't know, 50, 60 plus runs, lay the groundwork, lay that foundation for the Spitfires in this game, 
I think they might fancy their chances, in particular when you consider the frailties of that Hampshire batting lineup in this year's competition. And then with the ball in hand, Hamadullah Kadri. He's had a really, really good competition so far. You are spot on, Paige. He is Kent's leading wicket-taker so far with 12 wickets and a economy rate of 6.00 runs per over. The Aegeus Bowl is more suited for seam bowlers. I'll get onto this in a second, actually, in terms of our discussion about the seam attacks. But spin is also very important. I mentioned this in the game at Grace Road, and I said that this could be the undoing of Leicestershire, because on wickets where seam does often offer more, spin goes under the radar, but it's so important to go under six runs and over, in particular in 50-over crickets, not allow the opposition to up that scoring rate. Don't allow them to up the ante, to tighten that metaphorical screw. It's vital, especially in pressure situations. And so far this summer, Hamadou Bukadri has done exactly that for the Kent Spitfire. So I'd also put him as a key player to watch in this particular semi-final showdown. But aside from key players then, Paige, the one big question that I did actually have before we get on to a little bit of a chat about Darren Stevens and, of course, our predictions. Is the battle of the seam attacks? In your opinion, which side has the stronger seam attack heading into this particular showdown? Because the Aegeus Bowl so far this summer has been very seam conducive, hasn't it? Yeah, I think my instant kind of reaction to that question is to say Hampshire. They just, I think it's just very easy to say that because they have just continuously um, performed and it's also not just always the one person there is always somebody who there is always one of them you know it's not kind of like one of their places just had a season of a lifetime and it, they're running the show they're all doing it at different times you know so you, you can't not think that they have the best um kind of seam attack between the two the two teams yeah, I would echo those words, to be honest, Paige. And just looking at the stats again, we love our stats here on the Counter Cricket Podcast. We've mentioned John Turner with those 18 wickets. Scott Curry, 17 wickets, a 5.51 economy rate. Jack Campbell, 14 wickets, 4.63 economy rate as well. And then you've got the likes of Ian Holland. He's chipped in with seven wickets. Keith Barks only played the four, the three matches, sorry, but has uh, chipped in with, with four wickets at 4.56. That Hampshire seam attack is so potent, it's so lethal, it's so dangerous in home conditions. I do think that, that will hold the key as well for Hampshire in this particular game. I think they've got the advantage in that particular department. But Kent's have a secret weapon by the name of Harry Podmore. He's only played three matches so far this summer as a result of a long injury layoff. But in those first three matches, he's taken six wickets with a 5.72 economy rate. Now, we go back on to that discussion, the wider debate surrounding Hampshire's frailties, in particular, up the top of the order. If Harry Podmore can get a wicket or two, expose that Hampshire middle order as soon as possible, put them on the back foot, you never know. You never know with the likes of a Grant Stewart, a Darren Stevens, the breakthrough specialists. Kent might just fancy their chances of an upset on the South Coast in tomorrow's semi-final. And talking of the great man himself, a legend, a titan, a colossus of county cricket, Darren Ian Stevens. It is his last ever list day competition for the southeast county of Kent, and he just refuses to go down without a fight. We're still here, we're in the semi-finals, the Kent Spitfire showing all of the metal, the grit, the character 
that we need in order for the Darren Stevens Roadshow to continue in 2022. Paige, just a few words on the great man. How fantastic is it to see him and his side at this stage of this year's Royal London One Day Cup? I think the reason why they're getting so far in this competition is because we want to see more of him. Kent know that everyone wants to see Darren Stevens, and then so they just keep winning games because that means they get to play more. They get to get into the quarterfinals, the semi-finals, and then I guess hopefully for us Darren Stevens fans, the final, it would be fantastic to see him get through to that. Um, and he clearly just isn't slowing down. I mean, in their quarterfinal against Leicestershire, he got 41 from 24 and still bold. You know, and he had just, he's just fantastic. I think he's just somebody who at county level, everybody adores. I don't think there's a single county cricket fan who will have a bad word to say about Darren Stevens. We all want to see him do well. Um, so it's just great that Ken keep kind of pushing through the tournaments and then we can see our favourite man, you know, at least once more. And then it's always a, it's always a bonus because if they get through to finals, it's all oh, that was a, a bonus. We get to see one more round of Darren Stevens for his beloved Ken. It would be lovely, wouldn't it? It'd be the perfect end to what's been a fairy tale career. 17 magnificent years at the Spitfire Ground in Canterbury. I would love to see Steve-O lift that trophy. I really would. There's nothing more in this year's competition that I want to see. But Hampshire are a tremendously strong outfit. They really are. And that brings us on to our prediction page. Which, to be honest, our predictions this year haven't been too bad. Uh, we got one of two in the quarterfinals, which for for mine and Matt's standards, isn't actually too bad in comparison to our, our previous finals day predictions in the T20 Blast. In terms of this particular game, who do you think will emerge victorious at the Aegeus Bowl? I think if I vote with my head, I want to go with Hampshire. There's just... I just think they're far too strong, especially at home. I do think that's going to play an advantage as well. But my heart kind of wants Kent to get through just to one-stop their flow of, of Hampshire. But then also, it's all, I guess, with them being kind of the underdogs, if you, you know, quote-unquote, in this game. Because Ham we just, I think everyone is just on Hampshire's side just because of how good they have been. It might be nice to see them go through. Um, and also, so that we get to see Darren Stevens at least a bit closer to you know, holding that trophy at the end of the season. It, it would be incredible. And I'm just going to put this out there in public on the podcast. If Kent make it through to the final, I'm booking my tickets to Trent Bridge. I'll be there on the 17th of September. I would love to witness Darren Stevens one more list day game in a Kent shirt, live in the flesh at Trent Bridge. You have got my word, Kent fans. I will make that happen if Kent win in tomorrow's semi-final. But I, I kind of agree. I kind of echo that sentiment, to be honest, Paige. My head is saying Hampshire. I think, to be honest, Hampshire, if things go, go their way in, in both of the competitions, potentially could win the domestic treble. They've got the strength in depth, I think, which is a real testament to the, the skill and character of that side in Southampton at the moment. But my heart wants Kent to go through. I'm going to go with Hampshire. My official prediction is Hampshire. But just for the Kent fans out there, just another little bit of a, a TCCP stat. Kent have never lost when I predicted against them. So that might just come into your favour heading into tomorrow's semi-final. Will history repeat itself or will Hampshire win 
Only time will tell. Either way, I think that's going to be a fantastic game, a blockbuster occasion. And if you can get down to the Aegeus Bowl, I think there's still tickets available. Get yourself down there and support the team because it will be a brilliant day of cricket in what's been a gripping and absorbing year in the Royal London One Day Cup. But aside from that showpiece affair then in Southampton, let's move slightly along the south coast. Let's go to the first central county ground in Hove, where Sussex will take on Lancashire for that second place in this year's RLODC final. So in terms of the form guide of these two sides, they haven't actually faced off against each other in this year's competition, Sussex being in Group A, Lancashire being in Group B. But in 2021, it was Lancashire who emerged victorious, beating the Sharks by two wickets in a thrilling encounter up at Sedborough School. Now, in terms of Sussex's form guide, they have won four out of their last five games, and crucially, they are unbeaten at home in the 2022 Royal London One Day Cup. But their opponents, Lancashire, are also in scintillating form. They have won four out of their last five matches, which of course included that three-wicket victory over Nottinghamshire up at Stanley Park in Blackpool. So Paige, given that you support one of these two teams, I have no doubt that there'll be a bit of a bias and leaning towards one of these particular teams. But in terms of the favourites on paper, in terms of how you think this semi-final will go, which of these two sides do you think are the on-paper favourites to emerge victorious down in Hove this week? Well, I think it will, I think batting is going to come into it. I think that's going to be where it's won or lost. Well, in terms of, because it's been quite high scoring a fair down at Hove this season. Um, so depending on who bats first, you know, I think it could be quite difficult. I think it's hard to tell, you know, with the other two teams, I've seen them. I've seen Hampshire, I've seen Kent you know, because we've been in the same group as them. I haven't been following Sussex as closely. Um, But just seeing names pop up and seeing how well they've been doing, you know, um, and they top the group, obviously, you know, so they are definitely a force we reckoned with. I want to pick Lancashire, but I do think that's slightly biased. But I can't argue against it. (laughs) But um, I'd say Lancs are in good form. They've got some great players and I think it's going to be a very, very good match. Oh yeah, absolutely. This is another one which I'm just looking at as a a county cricket fan, even as a neutral. I'm licking my lips, I'm salivating at the prospect of this game. You've got two very powerful batting lineups and some very interesting bowling attacks as well. I love the balance of Sussex's attack in particular with the likes of Aristides Carvelas and Brad Curry. I, I just love the balance of that Sharks outfit heading into this semi-final. But given that you are the resident Lancashire fan page, I think we'll actually start with the visitors for this analysis. In terms of their key players, if they are to upset the odds and emerge victorious down in Hove this week, who do you think holds the keys to success in terms of the batting department, the bowling department? Who are the key players for the visitors in this particular semi-final showdown? I think if looking at the Lancashire uh, bats... Uh, batters then I think it's the openers I think Wells and Jennings have had a very good um a very good season overall actually if, you know if we look at it but um I think they will set the tone and I think it will also depend on if we can get boundary happy um I feel like maybe it was just because it was at Blackpool and obviously it was a high scoring affair but Luke Wells 
kind of took it upon himself and decided that he was going to kind of just score lots of boundaries. And I think that was a little bit to his downfall. But um, but he's had a fantastic season and I just adore Keaton Jennings. I think he's just a phenomenal opener and he's had such a good season. So I think they hold the key in setting the tone. And especially if, see, Langs are batting first and I think it could, you know, it, even more pressure is kind of put on them. But I think they can both handle it because I'm quite fortunate in that they're both very experienced. Um, you know, this is not their first rodeo, you know. So um, for me, those are kind of the two picks just because I think they will start the kind of story, I guess, of Lancashire's batting innings. Um, and then wicket takers, I feel like for Lancashire, the, their bowling attack has been, there hasn't been that one person who's just really led it. I feel like really everyone's kind of pipped in. You know, if, if you look at every game, it's almost like it's someone new who's got a briefer or something. Um, however, like he's can be very hit or miss, but I think Danny Lamb is kind of quite important because him, um, if you fit the same one based on your reaction. We might have done yes. <laughs> um, but for me, Danny Lamb, because he can be one of those bowlers who will get a wicket kind of out of nowhere or he suddenly has a couple or he can kind of, and I hate to say this, he can be taken apart by um, opponents, you know. So I think how he kind of sets a tone for himself is very important, and, you know, and I think he does, he holds more of a key than we, you know, suspect usually for him just because of that nature of him. He can, he'll either come in and he'll get a couple and he will completely turn it in Lance's favour or we could see him go, you know, be expensive. And I think that is where they could possibly lose it, you know. So I think um, he's more important than we give him credit for, I think, at times. He most certainly is. And that's exactly why I've selected him. He could be the key difference maker in this particular semi-final. He's taken 11 wickets. But the economy rates is 5.92 runs per over. He's Lancashire's third most expensive option in this year's Royal London One Day Cup. In terms of why I've selected him as well, in addition to the breakthrough specialist nature of his bowling, it is the death overs. And we did see him get torn apart by Dane Patterson. Up in Blackpool, he got hit for 16 runs off the last three balls of the innings. And in particular, when you look at that Sussex team, who have got the likes of Delray Rawlins, they've got Ollie Carter, Finn Hudson-Prentice, Archie Lennon is no slouch with the bat either. At the death, Danny Lamb, if he bowls an expensive spell, that could cost Lanks the game. If, however, he bowls a good spell, alternatively, he could win them the game. He could be the hero. He, as I said, he, he will be the difference maker in this particular showdown on the South Coast. So, Danny Lamb, absolutely. I completely agree with that, Page. I think he will be a real key player for Lanks in this particular game. And then the openers. Yeah, Luke Wells, he's been outstanding. 325 runs, average of 40.62. A really good season across formats in a Lanks shirt for the former Sussex man who's coming back to Hove to try and enact some revenge against the Southern County. And then Keaton Jennings, 295 runs, average of 49.16. Those two really do hold the keys in terms of Lancashire's batting. But it's interesting, actually, in that passage, you mentioned about batting first, and I wanted to talk about the toss in this game, because Hove has been quite high scoring, 
And Sussex are a team which like to pile on the runs, put that scoreboard pressure on. And in particular, in his semi-final, that's exactly what you want to do, especially against a Lanx side, which at times have lost wickets in succession. But, and this is where the dilemma comes in for Lancashire County Cricket Club, if they do win the toss, they've been a very good chasing side. They chased 370 against Northants. They chased that big total against Knotts up in the quarterfinals. Paige, as a Lancashire fan, let's say that Lanx do win the toss. What would you prefer the Northern County to do in this particular game? Would you rather see them bat first or bowl first, given all of the the context and background of this particular game? I think if I were them, I would probably want to, to field first and know what you're chasing. Because I think, as you say, their strong suit has been chasing this season. They have chased down some decent totals or... Even when they've not been chasing such high totals, they have been able to manage their chase very well and time it. Um, so I do think that would be in their best interest. And also because it's been such a high scoring ground, you know, maybe you're not fully sure what a good score is. Um, you know, for Lancashire, especially having not played there, you know, for so long. So I think it would be important from those angles for Lancashire to, um, to bat second. However, knowing how well Sussex have been able to pile on those runs and really apply that pressure, um, they might hesitate. But, um, you know, I do think it will, you know, be a very important toss to, to win or lose, I guess. It most certainly will, and it will be very interesting to see what the winning captain actually decides to do in the middle in this particular semi-final and you mentioned their Sussex and their run scoring capabilities I just wanted to lay the focus in on one man if I may and that is of course a certain Chateshwar Pujara the captain of the Southern Outfit in this year's One Day Cup now as of this recording he's the second leader run scorer in the entire tournament he's racked up 614 runs at a terrifying average of 102.33 and he's striking at 116.28, which is the highest strike rate among the top 10 run scorers in this year's competition. As if that wasn't enough, and again, apologies for those of you who aren't cricket badgers, but I do love stats like this. In 2022, he's hit 64s. That's the second most in the entire tournament. Chateshwar Pajara, a man who's known for grits, defence, steel, metal, fortitude, he's smashing boundaries for fun. And as if that wasn't enough, he scored 11 sixes, he scored three centuries and two 50-plus scores. He's having the tournament of his life in this summer. Paige, are you worried about Teshwar Pajara in terms of his run-scoring capabilities, the boundary-scoring abilities as well? Are you worried that if he gets going alongside the rest of that Sussex top order, that the Sharks could prove to be too powerful for Lanks to keep control of in this particular game? I definitely think so. He's the one I think that when I look at this kind of fixture, I'm like, oh goodness. Um, because he's just having a phenomenal um, season. It's been fantastic to see. And it is kind of ripping apart our kind of, I guess, beliefs about him. Like, you know, this is not what we expect from him. And then suddenly he's smashing it to all parts. And it's not that we're not used to him making big scores, but we're not making, we're not used to him making scores quite like this. And, um, so it's, it's kind of been obviously 
as Lanks haven't been in their group, it's been fantastic to see as an outsider, but now we've come to face them, it's kind of like, oh no. Um so I think if if he's if his wicket isn't taken early, then it could be very dangerous um position for Lancashire because he can just run away with it. Um and it's just it's obviously great as a cricket fan. It's, you know what you love. I feel like he's another one that um everyone just because has soft, has a soft spot for. You know, it's nice to see him do well. But if he could just rain in tomorrow, um that would be um I'd be, I'm very thankful if he did. <laughs> oh, yeah, I imagine that uh, many a Lancashire fan would be. If he could not score a century against the Lightning tomorrow, that would be much appreciated for those up in the northwest. But uh, aside from Sajeshwar, who really has been phenomenal in this year's competition, I also look at the likes of Ali Orr. He scored 455 runs, average of 56.87. And then Tom Allsop, 371 runs, average of 74.2. That Sussex batting lineup really is a force to be reckoned with in 2022. And then aside from that, you look at the bowling departments, and I've already alluded to this guy's name, the Greek freak, the Spartan warrior, whatever you want to call him, Aristides Carvelas, Greece's finest, absolutely tearing apart county cricket in 2022. He's currently the second leading wicket taker in this year's RLODC with 19 wickets and an economy rate of 5.12 runs and over. That is phenomenal for a seam bowler. And alongside him, the dynamic duo for the Sharks up the top of that innings is Brad Curry. He's taken 11 wickets with a 4.83 runs per over economy rate. So those two together, this in my opinion, is the key battle of the entire semi-final. It's Curry and Carvelas versus Jennings and Wells. And I think whoever emerges victorious in power play one could very well go on to win the entire game and book their place in September's final at Trent Bridge. But Paige, before we get on to our predictions for this showdown on the South Coast, I just have one more question, actually, about a player that we haven't mentioned quite staggeringly so far on today's podcast. A certain Stephen Croft, one of your favourite players from up in your hometown of Blackpool, a man who scored a masterful century in the quarterfinal, we mentioned the power, the destructive nature of that Sussex batting lineup. But Crofty's in some pretty scintillating form, isn't he? Heading into this particular game. Yeah, Stephen Cross has had a phenomenal season across all formats, and especially when you consider, you know, that this season, you know, was mainly he'd be playing kind of mainly white ball, and we weren't sure how much he was going to play. You know, he you think that he's going to start winding down and he has decided, no, I'm going to wind up instead. And he's just had a fantastic season. It has been so just fantastic to see as a Lancashire fan um, and also just a general kind of county cricket fan because he's doing so well. And especially for, you know, Lancs fans, we he's Mr Lancashire and he's kind of come out and he's really kind of just made the season his own and you can't really ask for more. I mean, obviously his um, century at Blackpool the other day was just f- phenomenal. It really was. And even prior to that, you know, this tournament for him and even overall, he's timed his innings very well and he's contributed so much to wins. And um, it is just everything that, you, you want from him as well because he he has that experience but then he's he's also able to 
run away with it as well you know and at one point on um, Friday I was I wasn't sure if Lanks were going to do it I didn't think Lanks would win it and then suddenly I look down and he's on a hundred and he's you know um he really holds a key to Lancashire's batting lineup because if they lose his wicket early you know we can kind of tumble in that middle order I think um Croft and Jones really are stabilizers you know once we lose um wells and jennings those are the two that we rely on the most and who've had such a good season um but for crofty it is just amazing and um you know i'm just so happy for him really as am i he's a lovely bloke wonderful guest on the podcast as well and as you rightfully coined him mr lancashire loves the county so much gives absolutely everything every single time he steps out onto that field wearing the red rose of Lancashire. So, yeah, Stephen Croft actually brings me nicely onto my predictions because this might actually surprise people. In terms of my prediction for semi-final two, I've got Lancashire winning. And I'll get onto my reasons in due course. Experience is one of those reasons. But Paige, even with Lancashire bias included or not included in this particular case, do you see Lancashire winning or do you think Sussex will be a bit too powerful for the Northwestern County in this particular game? What are your thoughts in terms of how this showdown will actually play out? I think it will be a very close game. Um, I think it will be very stressful for both fans. Um, but um, I want to say Lancashire are going to pip it. Just being a Lancashire fan and you know, I have faith in this in this side because... In so many ways, we have all bases covered. Um, and also, we haven't been relying too much on, especially with our bowlers mainly, I'm thinking, of the same lineup every game. We have mixed it around a bit, so everyone's had game time. Um, so no one's coming into this really fresh and, you know, without having overs under their belt. However, I do worry about this Sussex batting lineup. I think that's where it lies. And... I think maybe for um, for our bowling attack, they might just take it apart. And I think Sussex might just do it. Um, however, I hope that is not true. And I hope Lanks absolutely thrash it. And um, I may have to book my own tickets to finals. <laughs> well, we'll have to wait and see, won't we? You, you have to dream. You have to hope in competitions like these. And it is white ball cricket. Anything can happen. And as we said beforehand, the toss could well prove to be the difference maker in this particular encounter. So it's going to be a great semi-final. I can't wait for it. But the reason I went for Lanks is because of experience. Don't get me wrong. That Sussex batting lineup have been fantastic in the group stages. But unlike Lanks, they haven't played in a pressure situation. They didn't play in the quarters. They're going straight in to the semi-finals. Lancashire have just come off the back of a galvanising three-wicket victory over Knotts. I think that could be the difference maker in this particular semi-final because you look at the experience with the likes of Keaton Jennings, Luke Wells, Dane Villas, Rob Jones, Stephen Croft, to name but a few. Even the bowlers, Danny Lamb, was playing on finals day. These guys have got a lot more knockout cricket under their belts. It's one thing to do it in the group stages, it's a completely different thing to do it when the limelight is on you and the pressure is weighing heavy on your shoulders. So for that reason, I'm going with the Lancashire Lightning. I'm fully expecting to be proven wrong, 
But I do think in this case, experience will come out on top. So in terms of our overall predictions then, Paige, for this year's RLODC final on Saturday the 17th of September at Trent Bridge, in terms of what we've gone with our heads, I've gone with a Hampshire Lanks final, you've gone with a Hampshire Sussex final, an El Coast. But with our hearts, I've got a Kent Lancashire final. You've also got a Kent Lancashire final, haven't you? I have indeed. I would love to see Lanks um, at finals day on the um, Saturday the 17th, I believe. Um, I also would love it. You know, we were talking about how Darren Stevens would love, you know, it'd be nice to see him lift the trophy. I think for me, I would love nothing more in this world than for Stephen Croft to hold up that one day trophy. It would just be absolutely brilliant for me. Um, I feel like he deserves it. And I feel like Langs like do deserve a, t- a trophy this year because of how they've performed on all fronts. So I would very much love that. <laughs> I'm just thinking how cruel that would be, though. The fact that throughout the entire episode, we've been talking about Darren Stevens' big farewell. Wouldn't it be lovely to see him lift the trophy? And at the very final hurdle, if Langs make it, you'd be supporting Langs. You don't want to see the Darren Stevens Roadshow come to a victorious end, him ride off into the sunset with that that trophy in his hands, no? No, not at all. You'll underestimate my bias towards Lancashire and my love for the Red Rose. (laughs) They always come first. To be completely honest, I'm the exact same with the Bears, even when the Bears aren't playing, as, as many a listener will be able to tell you. So there we go then. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? Kent Lancashire final, steeped in one day history, that list A Titans in England and Wales, so we will have to wait and see. Again, only time will tell. Tuesday the 30th of August, around about 6 o'clock, we should know which two teams will be competing for the trophy in this year's Royal London One Day Cup final. But Paige, that is essentially it for today's episode. Thank you very much for joining me, first and foremost. It's been an absolute pleasure yet again. Just before we say our final goodbyes for the episode, do you have anything to plug or promote? Any social media channels, websites? Anything like that? Um, just, I would like to make another mention about her game too. Um, we're really ramping things up in this space now. So obviously um, we are a campaign that focuses on um, sexism within sport. Obviously her game two cricket focuses on cricket. And um, we have ambassadors for a lot of the counties and we are working with grassroots clubs to try and make cricket a safer and more welcoming space for women on all fronts whether that's players officials fans or people who are just within within cricket clubs as is um and just watch this space we've got a few really good announcements in the pipeline um some coming soon so yes it's very exciting times and you know we're ready to make some real change in the sport well very very exciting times indeed then Paige. i like the sound of that announcements coming up We'll have to wait and see. Of course, we will be leaving the the links to the social media channels yet again in the podcast description below, just as we did in the second round review show. Listeners, if you want to go and check out the wonderful work that Her Game 2 do, in particular in the sport of cricket, please feel free to go and check out the links in the podcast description below. But that is essentially it from us two here at the Counter Cricket Podcast for today's episode. To each and every single one of you wonderful listeners, thank you very much for tuning in. And as always, guys, we'll see you on the next one.